Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. That was Paul George. What a sensational first half of the month. Paul George, first half of the season that Paul George is having. Career numbers across the board, 27.3 points per game. Eight rebounds per game, four assists per game. Oklahoma City, a top four seed in the Western Conference. We welcome those of you again inside Studio C, streaming here on WNSC Radio. Myself, Will Gray. The sound and broadcast of show, and uh, uh, how are you doing, my man? I'm, uh, it's pretty, pretty chilly out. Yeah, here. I know it is, man. I'm doing real good. It's, it's very chilly out here. I went to go get some breakfast this morning. I almost shivered to death. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm doing good, though, brother. How about yourself? Awesome, man. <clears throat> doing well, doing well, and then all we thank all the listeners and all the viewers here from all of our social media platforms. Remember. Sebi Podcast, whether you guys listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go on all social media uh, streaming platforms from IG to YouTube to Instagram to Twitter to Snapchat to it all. Um, you can only always find it here on Sebi Podcast Show. My man, we got a lot yes, to sir. talk about. Um, I, I, I actually went to the Pro Bowl, and I'll tell you this I, I okay. went to the Pro Bowl on Sunday. And uh, I got wet, right. soaking wet. That had to be the worst Pro Bowl I ever been. Yeah, you know, I I I I, I questioned the NFL <laughs> about this because, yeah, you know, Orlando, it's a it's a nice, it's a tropical place, always sunny. But that had to be I, I haven't done my history on uh, on in the past Pro Bowls here, but that had to be the worst Pro Bowl in the history of Pro Bowls. You know, forty eight degrees, it was cold. It was raining. I mean, a hundred percent rain. Like there was no sixty percent chance, no fifty percent chance. It was blistering right. rain, and we had to be out there. You know, we had to be on the field. We had to be, uh, 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 you know, covering the players and everything like that, which was cool. I got a chance, you know, to meet mm-hmm. up with Russell Wilson, first-time Pro Bowlers like Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, and Derwin James. Uh, some vet veterans as well, like T. Sizzle. And, and others, but it, it was a great time. But I'll tell you, the weather and the inclement weather out there just made it abysmal for anybody to be there. I, I, I personally, yeah. I stayed there for like one half, and then I left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised about that situation because I know, I know over the last few years they've been um they they they've had the pro, they've been alternating the Pro Bowl from Orlando to Hawaii, and you know it's been it's been an alternation of one year in Orlando, one year in Hawaii, but. They've never had a, a problem in Orlando this year. Pro Bowl on, and I saw it raining, and I saw it players slipping and sliding all over the place. I said, "This is this is crazy." Because the, I thought the Pro Bowl was the, the meaning of the Pro Bowl was for everybody to have a good time and be, be in a sunny, warm, cool, comfortable environment. And yeah, you're right. This year in Orlando is one of the rare years where rain it, it rained was messy so i wonder if the nfl whoever would, would take action just keep it in hawaii for, for the time being instead of you know uh, alternating from orlando back, back back and forth myself the king of virginia michael gray here on the hotline here on the seven podcast show uh so we'll start off with the nba news um we'll start off with you know paul george um this brother's having a sensational years last 10 games 38.5 points per game, averaging and shooting over 43% from the field, including 8.5 rebounds. Tell me why Paul George is being so successful under Billy Donovan's uh, uh, you know, system, and is he deserving of that all-star starter spot? For Without him? question, he's deserving of that uh, starter spot. He's actually in the MVP conversation, and if, you had to, if I had to give a vote for this, for the current...
all season long. He's been consistent. This Thunder team, and I think he's more comfortable this year because he has a year under his belt. You know, sometimes, sometimes, Stephanie, when you when you go through a team, right, that first year you can't really you can't really find all the answers in the player that first year. Sometimes you need another year, a next year for them to you know get his feet under his belt, get used to the system, get used to the players. City. Get used to everything because it's a whole new. It's a new chapter in his life. It's a new environment, so he has to have time to grow and time to develop. And you start to see that with Paul George, he's more comfortable with Westbrook. You see, in the off season, it started in the off season with me when he made the decision to say, "I'm not going to LA. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm going to stay here with Westbrook. We're going, we're going to try to make this thing work because we. I think he feels like he has something to prove. He's motivated. He's motivated off that um, that bad performance he had in Game Six of the. The first round of the playoffs last year against Utah, where he only had right when when Joey right, was yeah, locked well, him yeah. up. So, like, I think seven points going into the fourth quarter. So it, was, it was bad. It was, it was it was a bad performance, and I feel like he, he caught a lot of slack from that in the offseason. So I feel like he's motivated to come back with that. He's more comfortable playing with Westbrook. Westbrook is taking a Russell Westbrook is taking a a, a better role, a, a better. Uh, he, he's actually backing off on the shot. He's not taking as many shots as he normally would. Like he's he's he's, he's dishing it out to. Jordan. He's basically letting Paul George be the scorer. He's facilitating and attacking when need to. So it's like they're they, they're starting to feed off each other more. They're starting to get comfortable off each other more. And we knew this was gonna happen. This wasn't gonna happen in year one because they had to get fully acclimated with each other. And they still had Carmelo Anthony to worry about. They don't have no Carmelo Anthony on their team right now. So right now it's the Russ and Paul George show as far as superstars and all the and they have some other great formidable players. And Paul George is is, is a humble guy. He's a great guy. And it was only a matter of time before his, his performance and his play started to rise up to that that MVP level we saw before that horrific 2014. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all by the performances he's had. And I'm and I'm actually right now he's my he's currently in the NBA right now my MVP. Wow, that, yeah. that speaks a lot. And 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 absolutely, he's got an MVP campaign right now. What he's done for this a Thunder team has been astronomical. I want to give a lot of credit to yeah. Sam Presti and Billy Donovan because transitioning from, you know, you had Roberson and Russ and KD and Harden and Ibaka, and then you 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 had to trade and had to transition from all of these moving pieces, whether they be traded, whether they leave for free agency or vice versa. I give a lot of credit for Sam Presti and Billy Donovan continuing to you know weather the storm and continuing to whether that be uh drafting they've done a very good job drafting their players and developing their young players and going out in free agency and still making oklahoma silly relevant because that's a small franchise and still having the ability to keep russ and enabling to attract bright and young and talented free agents like a paul george and you're right he needed one year to get acclimated himself and get back to what Billy Donovan's teachings which is spacing and playing defense and playing five out and moving the ball and so I think that he's thrived in it definitely in the MVP campaign and I'll tell you this the way that he's playing right now they to me alongside we'll see how Chris Paul comes back with, with the Rockets but they to me are a legit Western Conference contender along with the Golden State Warriors I'm not saying that they can beat the Golden State Warriors but Perhaps is there a team that can take the Warriors to six games? Is there a team that can take yeah. them to seven games? Um, is there a team that can be physical with them? Because we've seen that championship blueprint. We've seen the pedigree that has the blueprint how to how to play Golden State. You've got to have a team that can get physical up on them. Well, the Thunder DNA is that. You know, they play very good defense. They've got some great talented wing players. You talk about Paul George and and Russell Westbrook in the in the backcourt, front court at Stephen Adams, and off the bench you've got uh, gritty guys like Raymond Felton and, and Schroeder. So they have the DNA and the formula to do that. So if if Paul George continues to make significant strides like this, the the Thunder the Thunder in Oklahoma City. No out. doubt, man. No doubt. They have a they have a very good team. I, I I said it at the beginning of the season when they signed them. They have two they have two starting point guards. Dennis Schroeder is a starting point guard in this NBA, in this league, and, and and the fact that he's coming off the bench and getting quality minutes on the court with Westbrook, along with Paul George, it, it, it speaks to, to the depth of this team. And this team is very deep. I like, like you said, I like Jeremy Grant, Adams, of course, 
and, and this this team is a is a legitimate contender because they can play defense. They're long. They're athletic. And in the playoffs, you're right. That's the, that's the formula to beat in Golden State. You, it's hard to chuck up those threes, and everything doesn't look pretty in the playoffs because teams are getting physical. We saw what Houston did to them in the playoffs last year. In game four and five, that last game in Oracle, that, that game four in Oracle and that game five back in Houston, they got physical with Golden State. That's why they won those two straight games. They got right. straight physical with them, and it, 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 it was hard. For good. Golden State got a little rattled. We're not used to seeing Golden State get rattled. Uh, in the playoffs and stuff like that, but we saw when you get physical with them, those shots don't always go down. Those those half court three point shots and stuff might not might not always go down if you put a body on them. So yeah, you're right. That's that's the that's the key formula to beating the Warriors. I don't think they will beat them, like you said. I don't I don't think they will because it's just too much firepower on this team. But if anybody has a legitimate shot it's in in the Western Conference to push them to six or seven, it's OKC and, and, and the Houston Rockets. In the Eastern Conference, I think it's uh, Toronto, Toronto Raptors, and the Boston Celtics. Great, great valid points there. Myself, Michael Gray here on WNSC Radio. We transition to the hottest topic in probably in pro sports today. In the last 48 hours, Anthony Davis, the top three, top four player that I think he is universally, not just who I think he is, I think worldwide the world, the planet Earth, they say he's the top three, top four player in the world that he is, requested to a New Orleans organization that right. he wants to be traded. After, uh, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski put this uh, breaking news, this made haymakers and, and spread worldwide, not even nationwide, that a guy like that is out in free agency. And we have to think about this because Anthony Davis is just 25. He's still not right. entering in his prime. Guys like that are almost, I don't want to say almost, but theoretically, they're never available in free agency. A guy that's never, and that's not even in his prime yet, that dominant, that talented. I have, well, I, I've already said it, you know, when he first came out of Kentucky back in 2012, I thought he was a mixture of Tim Duncan mm. and Kevin Garnett. And I, I, knew, I knew that if I gave him those type of titles, he would have to live up to that. I, I don't just give guys like that and scouting them just that type of talent. When I looked at him physically, he looked like a physical specimen. How long he was, how talented he was. He had handles for a seven-footer. So now he's putting it all together. And take a, take a listen to these stats here, Mike. Last two seasons, 26 points per game, 12 rebounds. This season for Anthony Davis, 28.2 points and 12.6 rebounds. That guy and that dominant guy, I don't think the guy in, the, in, in NBA history has never been this available in a free agency since perhaps Kareem Abdul-Jabbar trading from the Bucks to Los Angeles Lakers back in the uh, <laughs> early 80s. And so, when you when you look at this, you know, the Pelicans, they're not in any rush to trade Anthony Davis. They know what the Brow can do, obviously. And they're not going to trade him for just scraps. We've heard the Knicks. We've heard the Lakers. We've heard the Boston Celtics in contention. What is your take on on, on the brow and where they're like? This is tough because it's, it's like a chess game between uh, NBA owners, general managers, and, and and Anthony Davis, Asia, Rich Paul. It's like a chess match between the, between these guys because the fact that he bought, the fact that they, they came out and demanded this trade now basically tells me that he wants to play for the Lakers. Because no matter what team, whatever team he goes to, whatever team he gets traded to, he has to sign the Supermax deal with that team. He can't just go get traded to a team and then, oh, get a get a Supermax deal for somebody else at the end of the season. It, it's not going to work like that. He's going to, he's going to, it's going to be $50 million less no matter what team. So whatever, if he wants to get that five year, $240 million contract, he, he's going to, he wants to get traded to a team that he feels like he wants to be at long term. So if, Whatever team trades for him and gets him, if you don't plan on signing him long term, you're gonna make him very mad because you're gonna cost him fifty million dollars. So I feel like I feel like he will go to the Lakers just because the media and, and everybody is almost bullying him to go into the Lakers. I don't know if the Lakers are the best fit for him to go to because the Lakers, the roster that they have now. If you if you would have added Anthony Davis at the end of the season to the roster that they have now, and they didn't they didn't have to lose so many pieces, 
then I would get I would get where you're coming from as far as the Lakers being a championship contender with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But the fact that the New Orleans is New Orleans is basically feeling feeling bad right now, and, and they and, and they they want everybody for Anthony Davis. They don't want just they want everybody. So they you're gonna basically have to clean up your entire roster if you're LA to get Anthony Davis. And then how good are you after that? How good once we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, where's the where's the rest of your team? Like, how can you contend with Golden State with just... And you can't contend with Golden State with just Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I don't feel like he's going to Boston between this February 7th deadline because I don't think Boston's going to trade for Anthony Davis and because I don't think they're going to resign him if, they, if they're not sure if Kyrie is going to resign. Now, we, we, we heard Kyrie say at the beginning of the season that he wants to resign with Boston. He wants to stay with Boston. He came out to the crowd and told them, I love it here and I want to be here. But that was at the beginning of the season. And Danny Ainge is hesitant on signing Kyrie Irving because he wants to make sure that Kyrie finishes this entire season and is, is without any injuries because he doesn't want to have to go back-to-back years with big-time injuries to the point where Kyrie can't play in the playoffs. So then Kyrie won't get a deal. So if Kyrie doesn't resign, the Celtics feel like there's no point in... in if Kyrie doesn't resign, the, the Celtics feel like there's no point in trying to get Anthony Davis to sign long-term. So then, so you have that. It's a possibility... He might go to the New York Knicks. The reason why I say he might go to the New York Knicks is because the New York Knicks outside of the Los Angeles Lakers are the two biggest markets in the country. The Knicks don't have a great roster right now. But Anthony Davis, if he goes to the Knicks, it, it probably won't be before the trade deadline because they don't have the pieces to get for him. But it, it probably will be after the season. I don't believe he'll go to the Lakers. Basically, he has 10 days until February 7th to go to the, to get to get traded to a contender or get traded to somebody. I don't see him going to the Lakers in these next ten days because the Lakers have to give too much, give up too much for him, and I don't, I don't know if if it's if it's worth it in the end because the roster is going to be shot after LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I feel like great potential landing spots for Anthony Davis should should be waited till after the season. He should just ride it out with New Orleans right now because first of all, let me say this: New Orleans has nobody to blame but themselves. Anthony Davis has been in the NBA since 2012. We knew what we knew what type of superstar caliber talent this brother has, and we have yet to get him any any help. You you can't get mad six years later when he's been here for this long since 2012, and he's been playing in this mediocre franchise. Granted, they had Rajon Rondo last year, and they made it to the playoffs, and and, and Rondo helped, helped them out a lot. But you have never given him consistent help over the years, and he's been, he's he's been accustomed to losing season after losing season. Now, granted, he's been injury prone. That's one thing. That's one knock. The only knock we have on Anthony Davis is that throughout the course of the years, he's been injury prone. But outside of that, you haven't given him any help. He's he's had to carry the city and to carry a big load ever since he's come in the NBA. So New Orleans has no one to blame for themselves. They shouldn't be mad at any other team for wanting him. They should be mad at themselves for not getting him the necessary help while he was here. But as far as where Anthony Davis would go, I really don't know because I don't see I don't see the the Lakers. I don't see it being a, a smart move, but if the Lakers trade him right now, because they will lose literally all of their players, I think it'd be smart for the Lakers to ride out this season, let this season play out how it's going to play out, and then get Anthony Davis at the end of the season. Assume, because I I, I I don't think Boston is a legitimate threat. I don't think he's going to Boston. Well, you you, you hit on a lot of a lot of key points there, and I, I, I actually I agree with you. Um, and and the New Orleans Pelicans have already stated that they're not in no rush to trade Anthony right. Davis at all. And so I personally think that he's not going to be dealt until the summer right. of 2019. This summer of 2019, you've got stars everywhere from the Jimmy Butlers to the Klay Thompsons to the Kimbas to the Kyries to the KDs to, you know, this hasn't, this is going to be, yes, you know, this a, a jam packed, jam packed <laughs> it's, it's like Christmas, Christmas came early oh, for a lot of franchises uh, come summertime. So I think that's when he'll be dealt. But here's the thing, and you hit a key point with the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers, and I, I believe the Celtics are in the contention here. But the Lakers, if you were to trade for him and Magic Johnson were to do that, Alvin Gentry and the New Orleans Pelicans want everybody. Meaning, they want the key yes. players. They want the yes. hearts. They want the Kuzmas. Yes. Especially Kuzma, who's been his development in the second season uh, after, his rookie, after his rookie season has been catastrophically great. And, and, and and, and astronomical. So I think that's a key piece that they want. They would want Lonzo Ball. They would want the Zubats. That's four players and maybe perhaps a pick. 
when you if if you gave up all of that away, where's your your core nucleus? Where's your depth? They would be lacking there. Yes, they would have AD. Yes, they would have LeBron. Exactly. But who else? So that would be interesting, and that's why I think you know Luke Walton and also uh, Jamie Buss and, and Magic Johnson are reluctant to do that trade. Now you look at the Boston side of the effect here. Boston can't trade for him until July first, and here's why: the D Rose situation. Kyrie Irving is in his contract. He hasn't signed the extension, saying that he wants to weigh out until the end of the season because he'll be missing right. out on 80 which is granted. Kyrie, bad brother. My boy trying to yes, get sir. to the cheese. I understand. So, you know, Boston is a great organization, great franchise, a historic franchise. There's no other NBA franchise that has more championships than right. that. But it, they're, they're, you know, kind of restrained right now because of the Kyrie situation. And so that's why I think that Danny is going to talk to uh, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and tell them, hey, wait for mm-hmm. us until the end of the season. You know, we have the most assets to give you than any other team. We have picks. We have four first round picks. And we also have core nucleus young players. Now, I think if Boston were to make a trade, you have to keep Tatum and you have to keep Kyrie. Those two guys, you have to keep. Everybody else should be on the trading block whatsoever. Anthony Davis is worth a lot. Now, I believe that that's the discussion that Boston, on their end of the bargain, will have with New Orleans Pelicans. Wait this out. Let Anthony Davis complete the season. We will revisit this conversation at the end of the season because we have yes, to ask to get. Now, New York has a, a, a very peculiar statement as well because if Porzingis comes back, and you perhaps can get the number one overall pick who may be Zion Williamson or, or Joel Moran mm-hmm. out of Murray State. That's a compelling package as well because if I'm the Pelicans, you got to show me first and foremost that Porzingis can be helpful. That's the key component. If I can get Porzingis and I can get the number one overall pick, which potentially could be Zion Williamson, that could be compelling for a franchise. But what do we know, Michael? Let's go ahead and listen to Adrian Wojnarowski a very, very instrumental reporter in the sports industry and hear what he had to say about the Pelicans all-star or superstar big. This is what he had to say. And here to give us more, I want to bring in the man who broke the story of the day, Adrian Wojnarowski, joining the jump. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. And look, people have to talk about the Lakers as if they are the front runner for Anthony Davis. I know our guy Byron Scott here would like that to be the case, but Woj, is that true? And if so, who are their biggest challengers in this derby for AD? Well, Rach, the the one leverage that Anthony Davis and Rich Paul could put on the Pelicans in the short term is to tell them that they will only sign an extension with the Lakers. They can let the rest of the league know that. That anybody else who trades for me, I'll be a rental. They haven't done that yet. They may yet do that before the trade deadline, but they're not there yet. Um, Boston certainly is the team with the most assets, the biggest trade arsenal. They've been preparing to make a run at Anthony Davis for years now, but they're limited uh, in what they can do, certainly at the trade deadline. It's almost impossible for them to trade. Well, they can't trade for Anthony Davis while they have Kyrie Irving on their roster. But once they get past the trade deadline, then and we get into the offseason, Boston becomes part of this conversation. But there's not a team in the league that's not going to call the Pelicans and register their interests. Um, the, the, the market's going to be wide open because of the level of talent uh, that Anthony Davis has and the fact that he's under contract through uh, next season. Yeah, I mean, it's a year and a half. That was Adrian Wojnarowski, and he hit it right on the dot there. You know, and, and kind of hit on the key points that I mentioned. You know, I see Anthony Davis in a big market, whether that be in L.A., New York, or even Boston to that certain uh, point. Um, and and he hit it right on the dot. The Los Angeles Lakers, there's pressure on them to get them because Magic Johnson lost on Paul George. He lost on Kawhi Leonard, and he's probably going to lose out on KD and Klay Thompson. There's pressure in the Los Angeles market, especially in those New York and L.A. medias. Pressure is on your head. So, when, when you look and you factor into perspective, and having Danny Ainge talk to New Orleans Pelicans and tell them to weigh this out, this is going to be an interesting, interesting 
bidding war. It absolutely is, and you're right about Boston. They do have the perfect assets, and it just it just wouldn't make sense for them to even entertain this trade this trade with Anthony Davis uh, before the February seventh deadline. But after the season after the season's over, and if if Kyrie returns and he signs a deal with Boston, and, and it's, it's it's already out there that Kyrie is staying in Boston, then Anthony then Boston looks like a very Legitimate landing spot. Very, very attractive. Very attractive. Because they don't, they won't have to give up so much. See, Boston already has the depth. Right. So they, they already have amazing right. depth. So the fact that you don't have to give up endless assets to to get Anthony Davis. And the key things I think, Mike, is the picks. The picks can turn. The picks won't probably turn out to Anthony Davis. Anthony, let, let's say Anthony Davis is a pantheon, a transcendent, a once in a generation right. type talent, but. The picks can also always yeah, turn into something. Definitely, they they, they definitely can. And, and wow, would, would that be something if if Kyrie and Anthony Davis? And, I, and to be honest with you, as far as and we, as, just, just my personal preference, I think Kyrie and Anthony Davis would work better than Kyrie and LeBron. I mean, than, than, than um, Anthony Davis and LeBron, excuse me, because Kyrie, they they both grow. They can both grow together. They both they they both young. They're right. both going into their prime. Kyrie is closer to his prime than Anthony Davis is. They're both very young. They both can build together, and they in a great system in Boston. A great coach in Brad Stevens. A great uh, GM in Danny Ainge. So it's it's a great it's a great it's a better situation in my opinion if Anthony Davis and Kyrie were together than LeBron James and Anthony Davis were together, because. I don't know about you, Sebby, but it seems like the media continues to try to get LeBron James as much help as possible. Like, how many we've continuously heard right. about every player wanting uh, going to possibly play for the Lakers, and how many uh, we kind of call him Dunn James when James wants it's something, so he gets done. It's like <laughs> at first, like we we've been hearing over the past few days, we, about a week or so, we've been hearing ever since that phone call they've had, we've been hearing there's a possibility that Kyrie might go to LA with LeBron. I don't, I, I personally don't think that's gonna happen. Because if that was going to happen, then what was the point of Kyrie and LeBron not playing with each other in Cleveland? So I, I personally don't believe that that, that, that that's going to happen. You can be friends and you can, you know, not not be with each other. That doesn't mean you have to play with each other all the time. But as far as Anthony Davis is concerned, um, yeah, this I, I just don't I just don't see how the Lakers is a is a good fit for him. I, I just don't see it because LeBron James is thirty one is 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 is, is what thirty three years old, thirty four. 34 years 34. old and he's right. going into like how much more of LeBron do we have how much more of that great LeBron do we have and he's, he's coming into his exit it's going to get to a point where Anthony Davis is going to be carrying him to titles whereas with Kyrie they can carry each other they can lead each other going into their prime and it's scary it could be scary in Boston if those two are together in my opinion rather than yeah. definitely definitely scary there when we come back after <laughs> such a long segment here myself and Will uh, Michael Gray discuss our Super Bowl preview. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Show here on WNC Radio. Welcome those of you again inside Studio Z, myself, Michael Gray, here on the Sebi Podcast Show, streaming on WNSC Radio. It's the best time of the year, Mike. The best time of the year. Championship weekend, Super Sunday, Super Bowl 53. Man, it's it's astonishing to think that we're already Super Bowl 53 out of, you know, I remember watching videos of Super Bowl (laughs) 1 when... uh, um, Lombardi, Vince Lombardi won his first title with the Green Bay Packers as quarterback, and it's, it's astonishing to see we're all the way up to 53. The Patriots and Tom Brady and Belichick aiming for their sixth. Sean McVay and the Young Rams looking for their first. I want to start off with you. Keys to victory, and we're going to look at the Rams side of the football. If the Rams have confetti blowing under them after triple zeros in Atlanta, they would have done what? They would have gotten. They would have gotten pressure on Tom Brady with just their full pass, their full pass rushers, Brockers, Sue, Donald, 
Fowler. Um, when they do blitz, they 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 bump and run, they manned up in coverage. Uh, they 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 on defense they kept they kept um, Brady optimistic. Like they didn't throw the same things at Brady. You got to keep throwing new looks at Brady. You can't throw the same thing at him. And on offense, if they protect the football, if they run the football, if um, if Jared Gov- if Jared Gov is out there, if comes out firing and, and shows his confidence, if he gets his receivers involved, if on special teams they they can they contain Cordell Patterson because I think I believe he's a big key in this game as far as field position, and he he could possibly break one for the Patriots. Um, they 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 play they play mistake free limit and and limitless football. They they go out there and play free. If they go out there and play free and play and play empty and and they stop the run first and force Brady to have to win this game. As crazy as it might sound, I feel like that's their key to win this game. They have to force Brady to win it. As crazy as it sounds, because you can't give Brady this running game and this this amazing running game they have with their three running backs, and then. He could just play action you all day and set up the passing game. He's, he's going to eat you alive the entire game. So if they stop the run and they get and they get pressure on Brady and actually hit him, and Aaron Donald um, has a monster game, I feel like I feel like that will lead to confetti coming come falling on to the Rams on the field for that Super Bowl victory. And, and you hit, you hit some key points, here, and I think we discussed this in a past week here, uh, given like a synopsis of our um, early uh, preview and our early picks. Um, I remember you said that it's going to be imperative that you can't give Tom Brady what he wants. You can't. Tom Brady is one of the best at dictating tempo. Yes. You can't let him want to run the football and want to throw the football and have options. I believe Wade Phillips is going to have a game plan to take away that running game and then let the strength of his team, which is that front four, those nasty guys in the trenches, Donald, Fowler, Sue, Brockers, get home get home to Tom Brady because we've seen the blueprint as great as Tom Brady is you get some pressure up front you get some pressure on the edge and he gets there he can be rattled he's human after all you know as great as he is he can be exactly and I think and I've always said this to me the x factor in this game especially from the Rams side to win this game is that second day Marcus Peters Aqib Tlaib and Mikel Roman you guys have to hold your own on the back end and make Brady hold the ball for four and five seconds because I believe if you do if you can hold in the back end and get a couple of coverage sacks force Brady to hold the ball for four and five seconds Donald is going to get there Donald and Sue and, and, and Dante Fowler these guys are fast and quick off that line I believe they'll get there yes. but if you're not you're letting Bob Gronkowski Julian Edelman guys like Chris Hogan getting free releases and getting wide open under two to three seconds, Brady would just shred you because he's going to get that ball out quick and, and Brady's going to be in a rhythm. But I believe if you can have him hold the ball for four to five seconds and let the strength of your team get home, which is that front four, that front seven in particular, that's your best chance. So I look at Aqib Tlaib and I look at Marcus Peters. I'm going to be measuring their impact in this game very closely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You you make a great point about that secondary man. They definitely have to show up. Roby Coleman and Peters and Tlaib and them. And I think they will show up because in order to beat New England, you have to have a legitimate a legitimate slot corner that can that can stay with Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman has eaten the nickel corners alive in, in this NFL, and everybody right. knows. But but the Rams have something that a lot of teams don't. They have Nikhil Roby Coleman, who is a legitimate bona fide corner. Not even on just on the inside, but on the outside as well. But he loves that slot, and I'm not worried about the outside with Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters because the Patriots aren't a deep threat team. They don't have Josh Gordon anymore. They don't have that bona fide deep threat. Philip Dorsett is a speedster guy, but he's not. I feel like Akeem Talib can get physical with him and bump and run coverage to where he can limit him throughout this football game. But as far as as far as Roby Coleman, Roby Coleman can stay with Julian Edelman for the majority of this game. And I feel like he can make a couple of key plays on third down that, that can that, that, that can change the game and change change the outcome of this game. So that's, that's a great point about this secondary. But I'm not too worried about the outside guys because Brady loves to check down to 
I'm worried about these linebackers and how they're going to cover James White. Right, the James Whites, the, of, the Rex Burkheads, right. Yeah, out of the backfield. Because In space, even, right. Even yeah. when Brady does love, even when Brady does love to throw, and he's going to get, like, this is gonna, this is Brady's Achilles heel is getting that pressure up the middle. That Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald will get pressure up the middle on Tom Brady, and it will force him to step outside, and that's that's his key. And he, when he has to do that, he loves to just check it down. He's not going down the field. So I feel like um, Greg Littleton and um, Obi Ockham, the other the other linebacker, will, will have, have to have a big game against James White, Sony Michelle, and Burkhead out of the backfield because those are going to be his key targets, especially on like third and threes and third and fives and third and manageables and stuff like that. Those are going to be his key options and his his key weapons, and he loves to throw it to throw it to those running backs out the backfield and I think if whoever if they can stop them on third down because that last game against Kansas City man the Patriots were 13 for 19 Sammy, on third down 13 for 19 remarkable like remarkable. that's remarkable like those are remarkable numbers and I continuously saw Kansas City dominating on first and second down but they could not make the plays on third down if, if the Rams can make plays on third down and get off the field and continue to give Jared Goff opportunity they have a great chance of winning this game a very great chance Absolutely. And when, when you think about if the Patriots hoist their sixth Lombardi trophy and triple zeros come and they have confetti running down to them, they would have done what? They would have gotten Jared Goff off to a slow start. They would have limited they would have limited Todd Gurley and forced CJ Anderson to be the number one running back. Which he can do, don't get me wrong. But CJ you would rather have CJ Anderson. He's not the game changer. He's that not girl. the game changer. Right, right. He's not the game changer that Todd Gurley is. So if they limit Todd Gurley and force Jared Goff into see, see both these teams both these teams are similar, Seth. They're very similar. They, they both they have high flying all high power offenses, but they both are, are predicated off the run. Absolutely. So so if 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 the Rams on the other hand aren't able to run the football, that'll affect how Jared Goff is able to throw in the back half. And those McCordy brothers and Patrick Chung and those boys, Stephon Gilmore, might get some chances in the back half in the secondary. But I feel like this Rams offense is so potent. But the Patriots, if, if they if they can bump and run like they did with Kansas City and get physical with these receivers and get pressure on Jared Goff and Tom Brady can pull it out in the end and with some fourth quarter magic and we, and we continue to see that Tom Brady that we all know and love, especially the one in the Super Bowl, then and and he, he balls out for for a last minute drive, or and he, he connects with his receivers, and there's no pressure. And if, if the Patriots' offensive line, which hasn't given up a sack the entire postseason, can can do that against this defense, against this front four, if Brady isn't touched, Brady will be hosting his sixth championship. Absolutely, you cannot absolutely. Win. The Rams no doubt, have no, no doubt. Shot if they don't get home game. at all, and if, and, yeah, yeah, and you the have, have no shot that that line game. neutralized. Tom Brady's gonna have a field day. Oh, he's gonna have a field day. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pick this defense apart. I don't care how good a keep to leave and Marcus Peters are. Brady will find the holes in this defense and your defense because he's seen every defense in the book. There's no trick. There's not. It's not the trick bag. There's no, there's right. no trick in the bag that, that Brady hasn't seen. So you're right. If he has zero, if there's if the Rams have zero sacks at the end of this game, Brady will be hosting his sixth championship. Absolutely there. And, and, and just to make an early prediction here for the Super Bowl, who's your pick and what is your projected score? My final pick for the Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta between the Rams and the Patriots is the new is the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. I, I feel like the Los Angeles Rams, I feel like this is the best defense that Tom Brady has faced all season. Okay. This is the most physical defense Tom Brady has faced all season. And like I said, my key to the Patriots winning all season long, I've been, pay, been paying very close attention to them. It hasn't come been coming out the gates with Tom Brady. It's been running the football. If Sony Michelle and James White go off, that's when they go off as an offense and a defense. Excuse me, and a defense. But I don't feel like they'll run the football effectively against this defense. I feel like Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and Fowler and those boys will put a hat on Sony Michelle and James White and Burkhead. And the running game won't be as effective. And and with, with that being said, Tom Brady will be forced into some third and longs that he's not used to this season, where where it can, it can put them in a bind. And this Patriots defense, in my opinion, isn't as good as advertised. Isn't 
as good on paper, and they're going up against one of the best offensive lines in football. This, this well, they've been is, excellent as of late, and and this, they made the, in that first half of the Kansas City game as good as Patrick Mahomes is. They made him look pedestrian. They did. They made him look very pedestrian, but they don't have the they don't have those bona fide pass rushes on the, their team. Granted, they got after Mahomes, but this is arguably the best offensive line in football that they're going up against in the Los Angeles Rams. This Los Angeles Rams offensive line is top notch and takes a backseat to no one at their positions. Right. They, they, uh, they, they, they have they have bona fide stars on that on that team, and if that if, if that offensive line can protect Jared Goff, Jared Goff will have a field day on this defense. Because outside of Stephon Gilmore, you don't have a lockdown corner, a lockdown secondary player that can stay with these receivers: Brandon Cooks, uh, uh, Reynolds, uh, and, uh, Robert, Woods. Uh, Robert Woods, and um, their tight end Higby, yeah, Higby who's been right. coming on uh, coming on as of late. And they they have weapons all across the board, man. And they they're a very good, a very fun offensive team to watch. And I feel like they they will they will pull it out in the end. I would say it's a, it's going to be a high, a pretty high scoring game. But it's not going to be a high-scoring game to the point where the defenses won't show up. The defenses will play uh, a key part in this game. The defenses will have their moments. But all in all, it's going to come down to the quarterbacks. And I believe Jared Goff will have his say-so and make and and and, and make his mark in this league with this Super Bowl win. I, I, my score is somewhere along the lines of Rams 35, Patriots 31. Wow, wow, wow. Impressive, impressive. That's that's Michael's take there. What do I know? America knows who I'm picking. <laughs> but nevertheless, when we come back, myself and Mike discuss Charlotte 2019 NBA All-Star Weekend. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Show. Streaming here on WNSC Radio. On February 17th, we enter the house that Kimba Walker has made on his own and Michael Jordan has built. The NBA All-Star Game in Charlotte since 1991. Last time the All-Star Game was in 1991 in Charlotte. Charles Barkley, young Charles Barkley, was your All-Star Game MVP. Now we return to that historic venue about 18 years later. The West and the East. I, I didn't have any problem with the starters. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't have a lot of uh, t- uh, time. He missed a lot of time. I, I certainly think that if healthy, he should have been a starter. But he did miss quite some time. And Paul George was deserving of that spot. Um, I love how the East is giving Kemba Walker some love, especially in his hometown, being a starter at that two spot. And and Giannis and LeBron James, this is going to be fascinating. This is going to be the first year that it's televised. What are some things that you're interested in looking at coming in this year's All-Star game? Seven, you just hit it right on the nail. Last year, I feel like we went bamboozled because we didn't get to see We didn't get to see the order. We didn't get to see who was first, second. We didn't get to see anything. All we know is who was on the team and the outcome. And I feel like the NBA dropped the ball on that one. I knew that it was going to get a lot of uh, uh, outrageous headlines because I knew that the, that next year that they were going to do it. So I'm glad that they're finally televising the um, the, uh, the, the, the 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 picking of the lineups and stuff like that. I'm glad we get to see who was picked, and that, that that's what I'm most intrigued of. I'm intrigued to see uh, this this rising stars challenge on Friday night as well. I'm definitely it's just intrigued to see in that because there's a lot of young talent in the NBA. And I want to see them go together. We always see some flashes of... Well, of that's going to be interesting. And you hit a great point there, Mike. You've got the world uh, a team with Doncic, led by Doncic and Ben Simmons uh, and guys like Don Maker. And then on the opposite side, you've got these young guns for the for the USA squad, the Donovan Mitchells, the, the Jason Tatums, and, and, and players like that. That's going to be fun to watch Friday night. It sure is, man. It's going to be so fun, man. I, I, I want to see the... I want to see that matchup. And I'm I'm very I want to I want to see I'm intrigued to see the dunk contest this year. You know, for the for the past for the past few years they kind of lack creativity. So I want to see I want to see what creative dunks they, they that they bring to the table this year. It feels like we it feels like we've seen almost every every dunk in the in the book. So 
I want to see. I want to see what, what trick, what trick they bring out the bag this year. Definitely, definitely these East. I want to see. I want to see what reserves come out tomorrow, or, or is it the seventh? Excuse me. I want to see what reserves come out next week for the right. All Star game because you're right. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about this before until you said it. Kimber Walker. I guess. I guess they. I guess they kind of had to give Kimber Walker the start now at the two. Because it's in Charlotte, in his hometown, and he has been balling this year. Yeah, and I think I, he was deserving me, of it. I didn't think it was just like a fan favorite. You know, they could have they could have put um, Dwayne Wade and his farewell tour perhaps there. There was guys like Bradley Beal that they could have chosen yes, from. I was, but I, yes. I thought Kimball Walker in his body of work throughout this first half of the season has been excellent for for the the Charlotte Hornets. It sure has. Like I said, I, I thought I was going to be – I thought it was going to be Bradley Bill at that starting two-guard two position because I've been paying attention to Bradley Bill all season and he has been balling. Even before the John Wall injury, injury he was balling and he was, he was giving it his all. He was putting up big-time numbers. So I feel like he should have been right there as well. But I understand putting Kimber there. It was a tough pick. And they, they, went, they went on the road with the hometown guy. I'm just we're, very intrigued. I'm very we're going to get to we're, – we're going to go ahead and, and get to our, our the three-point contest here because I think that one is interesting to me. But I, I want to hear from you. Um, give me a list of maybe five or six players from each conference um, for the East and the West that you think should be reserves. Should be reserves. I got you. For the East, you, I you want know, to... For the East, you know, you've, you've got guys like – uh, you know, Chris Middleton, never a first-time uh, uh, All-Star. All You've got guys like D'Angelo Russell, who's deserving of that spot. Guys like Eric Bledsoe, perhaps. Um, Blake Griffin, I, I think, should be a given. Uh, perhaps maybe a Jason Tatum or um, maybe a Raptor. You know, Raptors are having a great season. What about Kyle Lowry? So a, a lot of a lot of key pieces there. And in a Western Conference, I think the locks should be Damian Lillard, uh, Nikola Jokic, Alongside Russell Westbrook, but what what are some some players that you're key that you're looking at that you're thinking that okay he may not get in but he's deserving to. I think you said you hit a few of them on the nail. Definitely with D'Angelo Russell, he has been doing he's been balling out this year. He he has his Brooklyn team. They're one of the hottest teams in the last twenty five games. I think they're twenty and five over the last twenty five. So Absolutely, they I would definitely hot. I would definitely put D'Angelo Russell out there because he's finally healthy and we're, we're able to see what he can do in a full season. Um, outside of D'Angelo Russell, I would say that de- definitely Dwayne Wade, just because this is last. This is going to be his final All Star, All Star matchup, and we we don't know. Again, uh, it was it was Victor Oladipo until he got hurt. Uh, I, I, uh, sad to see him go down like that. And that's where I think Bradley Beal will take his his spot there. I feel I feel like I feel like Bradley Beal, to be honest with you, has had the better season. The Victor Oladipo, uh, yes, yes, the Pacers have been balling, but that's because of the other Sabonis. Sabonis has been very underrated in this as well. I feel like Sabonis has, has definitely played his way to possibly an all-star as well. But Mark Aldridge could be an all-star reserve. Absolutely. Uh, from, from the Spurs. Um, was DeMar DeRozan a starter? DeMar DeRozan wasn't a starter, but the, the DeMar Spurs. DeRozan definitely, DeMar DeRozan definitely can be a starter. I'm not a starter. A reserve for the West, excuse me, with how he's been balling. He's been taking on that that point guard role. He's been taking on that point guard role a lot. He's He hasn't been scoring as much as he was in Toronto lately, but his assist numbers have been skyrocketing. His passing, he's a very underrated passer. Here, here's an interesting one, Mike. Here's an interesting one. What about Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic finished right behind Giannis and LeBron James in a fan uh, uh, poll. With a lot of with a lot of um vote votings there in the first two or three um polls that just came out, and if he gets in, he's gonna take a front court guy in the Western Conference. Now, maybe a Carl Anthony Towns won't get in, or or maybe a a, a guy like um <clears throat> you think about one of the Memphis players, the Gasols, or things like that. What do you think about Luca's chances? I got Luca. I, I I like Luca. I like I like Luca's chances to go because, like you said, he's a fan favorite. He's He's, he's he's easily the rookie of the year right now. He's 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 got the Dallas. He's got this this Dallas team isn't winning, but they're very exciting right now. The future right. in Dallas is very. Bright. He, he I would give him the nod over Carl Anthony Towns, who's been very inconsistent this year. He just started to come on as of late, but he still had his ups and downs, his moments. And who's the other player? You said a Gasol in Memphis. 
yeah, maybe a good solid Memphis. I, I don't believe that he'll get in. But, I you know, the West believe... is just stacked with a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so I, much... Anthony Davis is going to get in regardless of if he's traded or if he's not traded at the same right. time. So, uh, you know, it, Luka Doncic deserves to get in just because of what he's done. But right. I think that he's still 19. He's still a rookie. And there's guys that has been looking, especially in the Western Conference, it's always hard to get in at, at any position, whether you're a starter or a reserve. Yeah. So when you look at that dynamic, it's going to be really tough. I think he's deserving to get in, but we'll see what these players and these coaches choose to do. Definitely, definitely. And it's, it's a, like you said, it's a lot of talent in the West, man. Like Damian Lillard. Definitely, definitely shouldn't be snubbed this year. He's been, oh, no, he's been no. leading this this portal. Damian, I think Damian and, like I said, Jokic should be locks to get in. Um, yeah, yeah, here's yeah, another yeah. guy. What about a Jamal Murray? He's got his Denver Nuggets as the second seed in the Western Conference. Mike Malone and, and Jokic obviously has been instrumental. I think that, you know, I've seen my Boston team get smoked by uh, uh, Jamal Murray. I think he's well-deserving to get in. It's possible. He's he's definitely had a good season. But the thing with Jamal Murray, he's been he's been inconsistent as well this year. He's had flashes. He's had great moments. But the thing that might keep him out of the All Star game this year is his, his inconsistency and his lack of you know just doing it doing it on a more consistent basis. But you're right. Jamal Murray is definitely ascending, and he he's definitely a future All Star in the making. Well, what and, and a wild card for you, somebody that nobody's talking about. Maybe like a Jimmy Butler. Maybe a Tobias Harris. The job that Doc Rivers has done with that Clippers team has been astronomical, um, being relevant in the Western Conference. And you know what? And, and, and guys like that. What is somebody, some or Jason Tatum, perhaps a, a guy that nobody's talking about that can sneak and get in. A guy that nobody's talking about, and I'm actually surprised nobody's talking about him. But he does it every year, Sebi. He's been doing it every year since he got in the league. Lou Williams is absolutely balling. I mean, he is. he's 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 in the conversation again for another six man of the year award. I know I know it might go to Derrick Rose, but Lou Williams has been doing his thing. He just had his first career triple double. That's I, another I, guy. I, yeah, Derrick Rose maybe can get in. He's been have a great season as well. I think that yeah, between those two, I think Derrick Rose and Lou Williams possibly can get in. I don't know if both of them will get in, but I think one of them can definitely get in uh, coming off the bench. Absolutely, there. And we want to thank all the viewers and all the listeners here. Um, 2019 Charlotte All-Star Game. That's going to be streaming on TNT at 8 p.m. Eastern. Be there for Friday, the Rising Star festivities, alongside with Saturday, the Skills Challenge, the three-point contest. You got the Curry Brothers in that as well. That's going to be fun to watch. And, of course, the main event on Sunday night. Myself, Michael Gray, want to say so long from now from the Sebi Podcast Show and all of our partners and our sponsors on the show as well that has made this pod possible. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Show here on WNSC Radio.